I will be starting a series that we will be looking at this month. The light of the gospel, if you are writing. The light of the gospel, or in other words, Christology. Now, I don't want to begin to blow very big statements here because we could easily be entrapped, entrapped by big words. My responsibility is to ensure that the word is as simple as possible and that we are able to comprehend and then see application for our lives. The light of the gospel, or in other words, if you want to make it short, just write Christology. Christology is a part of theology that is concerned with the nature and the works of Jesus, including such matters as the in incarnation, that is, he is coming to humanity. Resurrect, resurrection, he died and then he resurrected. And his human and divine nature and how these factors are related. That is what Christology is all about. It's basically the story of the life of Jesus. Hallelujah. So by the special grace of God, we're going to be looking at the light of the gospel. <clears throat> and the aim of doing this series is that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you've been rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the sense what is the, the width, the length, and the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. So the goal is that in the end, we will be grounded in the knowledge of God. We will be grounded in the love of Christ. We will be situated in the love of God. Hallelujah. And this is something that we keep doing every year. Amen. You see, the church can never operate without, you know, studying the gospel. The gospel is the essence of why we are gathered this day. And year in, year out, you know, it's always our emphasis. We cannot outstudy, you know, the facts that relates to the gospel. We did it last year. We'll do it this year. We'll do it next year. And oftentimes, we'll keep doing it until we reach a place where this becomes flesh in us. Hallelujah. So, I want to begin by saying that every church service, every church program, everything that we do, Whenever we come here, the church service is like a school. We come to worship God. We come to fellowship with one another. And we come to study the word of God. Hallelujah. So when we sing, we're not singing to you. So you may not like the way the music is going. Actually, the music was not meant for you. It was meant for God. Hallelujah. So if you say, I don't like this music today, well, I think it's not for you. It's not, we're not singing for you. It's worship to God. And when we come here, what we do is that we study. It's, 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 it's an opportunity to learn Christ by the teaching of his word. So I encourage us that whenever we come here, let's treat it as the way we go to our lectures. With our notepads to write, to be concentrating, to focus and to see how these things can be applied in our lives. And that is how we can get the best out of God's word. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible is a curriculum of the church. It is the model. It is the 
the body of knowledge that, they, that we study in church. And the Bible is a Christocentric book. What do I mean by Christocentric? I mean that the focus of the Bible is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So anything outside Christ is not the reason why we were given the Bible. The Bible was not given to just motivate us. The Bible was not just given to, to give us a certain set of rules of what to do and what not to do. The Bible was given to reveal God. Amen? And the way God can be revealed to us is through the person of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So the Bible has its own way and its method of interpretation. And this method is that it must be interpreted in the light of Christ. Hallelujah. If you are reading Genesis, Genesis must be interpreted in the light of who? In the light of Christ. If you are reading the book of Numbers, you know that Numbers where there are many numbers. Figures. All these figures must be interpreted in the light of Christ. The moment you take Christ out of it, then you cannot get the value or the purpose to which the scriptures were given to us. So a successful Bible preaching or study must be to explain Jesus Christ from Genesis to Malachi. The essence of every Bible teaching, the most fundamental thing that be carried in the explanation of the Bible from Genesis to Malachi, I'm very intentional about Genesis to Malachi, is that we will be able to explain Jesus from Genesis to Malachi. Hallelujah. So what about the New Testament? All the New Testament is an attempt to explain Christ as concealed in the Old Testament. Amen? The Old Testament is Jesus Christ, is, is Jesus Christ concealed and it's for a purpose. And when we come to the New Testament, there is a revelation of Jesus Christ. So most times you see in the New Testament, there are so many quotations of the Old Testament. And the purpose is to explain to us who Christ is. Hallelujah. Therefore, the minister of God must rightly divide the word and give men Christ. Amen. The minister of the word of God, a genuine man of God that teaches the word, must rightly divide the word in between the lines, see where Christ is, and give men Christ. Of course, the Bible contains history, contains poetry, contains what happened, historic facts. But the goal is to point at Jesus Christ. And the moment you take the Bible out of this context of the explanation of Jesus Christ, you will be in error. That is why anybody can carry the Bible and explain whatever he wants to explain with it. So long as it is not Christ, you can always give meaning to it. If I want to steal from you, I can use the Bible. Hallelujah. I have a friend that always gives us a reason why we should, we should collect money from people that are not even believers. He will tell us that the wealth of the Gentiles is flowing to us. I understand that scripturally there is something like that. Amen. But in the context he's using, is out of context. Amen? So I can give any, any scripture to do whatever I want to do. But if I explain scripture outside the context of Christ, that's what will give back to error. Hallelujah. So whenever we open the Bible, our intention is to see Jesus. Whether you open Revelation or Genesis, whether Exodus, it must be Jesus you are searching for. Hallelujah. 
And the Holy Spirit helps us to see Jesus in the scriptures. Amen. So Jesus explained to his disciples things concerning himself. Please, I need this screen on. Well, Luke chapter 24, verse 25. Luke 24, 25. Jesus explaining things concerning himself to the disciples. Luke 24, 25 to 27. Then he said to them, All flesh ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Now the prophet is talking about the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Well, whenever we see Jesus Christ talking about the prophets, he's talking about the Old Testament scriptures by the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah. He says, then he said unto them, all flesh and slow to heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. The next verse. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at what? At Moses. And what, whenever we come to Moses, which books are we talking about here? Genesis, uh -huh. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and what? And Deuteronomy, right? So beginning from these five books, Jesus did what? He, and all the prophets, the prophetic books, right? And the Psalms, he expounded unto them what? Some of the scriptures, some books alone or some verses alone. He said he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning what? Concerning prosperity, concerning healing, concerning how to make it, things concerning himself. Because the Bible is all about him. Hallelujah. So if you take Jesus out of the Bible, you have what we call sembe. It will not make sense again. It will not carry power again. Hallelujah. So Jesus explained things concerning who? Concerning himself. Moses wrote about Jesus in shadows and symbols. John chapter 5, verse 39. Please, quickly. John chapter, 13, uh, chapter 5, verse 39. In the Old Testament, Jesus is revealed in, in shadows, in symbols. John 5, John 5, 39. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are which testify of who? Oh, this is Jesus speaking. Hallelujah. You search the scriptures thinking that in them you find eternal life. But let me tell you that I am eternal life. That's what he's telling them. Amen. And all of them, what did they do? They testify of me. Now when, he say of, when he's talking about the scriptures here, Jesus wasn't talking about Matthew. Jesus wasn't talking about Romans. Jesus wasn't talking about Revelation. He's talking about Genesis to where? To Malachi. Hallelujah. Because at that time, the New Testament was not received. Hallelujah. The next verse. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I don't want to explain this next. Down to verse 46. I receive not honor from men, but I know you that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. How can ye believe which how can ye believe which receive honor of another and seek not the honor that cometh from who? From God only. 
Do not think that I will, I, I, I will accuse you to the Father. There's one that accused you. Even Moses. I don't know whether somebody is seeing something here. So Moses is actually accusing the people. So the five books of Moses is meant to establish an accusation. It's meant to reveal to you how helpless you are. It's meant to reveal to you that you don't have a solution to the problem. Hallelujah. So the, the five books of Moses is an, is an indictment to the people. To show to them how powerless and how they can't save themselves. That is why when you read the Ten Commandments, the Bible says that if you miss one, you've missed all. Hallelujah. Even Moses, in whom ye trust, they even trusted him. Right? But there's something about Moses. They trusted Moses, but they, don't be, they didn't believe him. Do you know you can, you can trust somebody, but yet you doubt to believe him? The next verse will explain that. For had ye believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of who? Of me. So Moses was writing about who? About Jesus. So if they have believed what Moses was writing in the altars, in the books, they would have believed Jesus because they would see all that Moses have been talking about revealing Jesus Christ. Who is getting blessed? So when we read through the Old Testament, all we look at is Jesus. Genesis, for an instance, when we talk about a tree of life, that tree of life is Jesus. Amen? When we say Adam ate fruit and they, they sinned, we know that it's not what a man eats that pollutes him. Hallelujah. So it can never be a fruit that they ate and they were polluted. These are shadows and symbols. These are uh, what we call metamorphic, you know, presentation of what Christ will, will establish. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5 verse, uh, John chapter 1, is it John chapter 1 verse 4 or so? Yes. Where Jesus Christ is revealed as a tree of life. In reference to Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. Isaac also was a type of Jesus represented. Amen. When his father wanted to, to, to sacrifice him, showing to us what will happen in the sacrificial offering of Christ for our sins. Amen. Joseph, the story of Joseph is not just a story to motivate us. Oh, when you are down, you know, from prison to palace, and then you get excited. No, no, no. It's a representation of Jesus Christ. And the moment we take Jesus out of the context, we misinterpret it. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, that is my introduction. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 4. Let me read again verse 1 to 6. It says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Pastor Costin was talking about losing heart here. We will not give up. Hallelujah. We cannot give up. Because number one, you're not the one that gave us the ministry. Amen? So whether you respond to it or you don't respond to it, I will do it. My preaching of the word is not dependent on your response to it. 
mine is to be faithful as preaching it. And when we stand before God, it will be in record that I did what is expected of me. Hallelujah. And you will be judged based on the response you give to the word that you heard. Amen. So he says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we faint not. Now, the preaching and the teaching of ministry of God's word is entrusted to preachers by mercy, not by right. Amen? It's by what? It's by mercy. It's not that we are better than everybody. So I take this ministry of the word with, 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 with diligence because it was given to me by mercy, not by right. Hallelujah. So we faint not. We don't give up. I don't know whether this amplified. Give me amplified in that, uh, that, that, that scripture. Read, let me read that first, Second Corinthians and amplified. Therefore, since we have this ministry, just as we receive mercy from God, granting us salvation, opportunities, and blessings, we do not get discouraged nor lose our word, our motivation. Hallelujah. Now, verse 2. But we have renounced the disgraceful things hidden because of shame, not walking in trickery of adulterating the word of God. This means that the word of God can be altered. The word of God can be adulterated. I told us that it's meant to reveal Jesus Christ. But if I take Jesus out of it, I've adulterated the word. Not walking in trickery for adult or adulterating the word of God, but by stating the truth openly and plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Hallelujah. The word of God can be falsified or, alter, or alteration be made for different reasons. Some can preach the word, they will alter it for sake of the financial gain they can get from it. Some people want to manipulate the word because they want to manipulate people's conscience and people's emotions to giving them money. This, adds, this is one of the reasons people can falsify the word. People can falsify or alter the word, the message, the truth, so that they can gain control and power of manipulation over people. There are many reasons. Some people could alter the world because they want fame and popularity. They alter the truth. Some people could alter the truth because they want favor from people. They want to be seen as good people. They want to have good intake, uh, uh, image. You know, you don't want to present sin to people as it is. You want to carry this facade of, of, of being, you know, loving, caring, smiling, you know. But indeed, we frown, the scriptures frown at sin. And we must, as a matter of fact. So we commend ourselves, everyone, to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And that's the integrity that we want to carry as a church, as a leadership in this church. That when we come here, we look into your eyes and we give you the word. We give you Christ. Hallelujah. In the, in the winter, we give you Christ. In the summer, we give you Christ. In all season, it's about Jesus. Jesus and Jesus alone. That is Christology. Hallelujah. Verse 3. But even if our gospel is what is in some sense hidden behind a veil, it is hidden unto those who are, all, who are perishing. So if you don't have an understanding of the gospel, it's an opportunity for you to understand it. Hallelujah. The gospel is only a veil to those who are, all, who are perishing. Who have not come to even believe. I've never made a choice to believe the message. 
The gospel is foolishness to those who, who are not born again. They cannot understand it because it is spiritually discerned. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, talking about the spirit. Child things can only be discerned by the spirit. Carnal things can only, are understood carnally. Hallelujah. So the gospel is foolishness. The concept of Jesus coming to earth is not, is not, is not imaginable to many people. How can a human being be worshipped? Number one. How can a human being say he came to die and then all men are set free of their sins? It's foolishness. It's, 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 it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. How can I just believe that someone died? I've never seen him. I just believe and have eternal security. It's foolishness. To them that are perishing. But to us is power. Amen? Amen. For us is what? It's liberty. It's, 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 it's all that we, it's what we can die for. This truth is a truth that I can't exchange for anything. Hallelujah. It's a truth that cannot be changed for anything. Verse 4. Verse 4. Among them, the gods of this world. Now, look at what the reason why it is foolishness to them. And if you are here and then the word of God, the gospel is foolishness to you, you're coming to church for maybe for entertainment. That is not what, if you need entertainment, please don't come here. Because we will not entertain you. Hallelujah. Sorry, this is a wrong address. Maybe another church service will be found for you for entertainment, but this is not for entertainment. I respect comedy, but I don't think this is not the place for it. Hallelujah. This is a place for truth. This is a place for upliftment and transformation of lives. You can watch comedy in your house, but when you come here, we give you Jesus. Hallelujah. So, among them, the God of this world, Satan. How did Satan become the God of this world? I don't want to go into that. He has blinded the minds of what? Of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Who is what? He is the image, the very essence of God, made manifest in physical form for us to see and know. So if you are looking for God, I want to know God. Look at Jesus, you see God. The disciples were asking, show us the Father. He said, how many times will I be with you? And then you have no understanding that I and the Father are what? Are one. Amen? God wants to reveal himself to us. So he came in the form of a man, manifested in human nature, in, in, in human flesh. Amen? I have to be careful with my words. Is it recorded? Hallelujah. In human flesh. Yeah, amen. And then, so we can see, say we touch, we've touched him. We've seen his glory. He has manifested himself to us. And we believe him. Hallelujah. The devil is the God of this world. And his major assignment is to ensure we don't understand the gospel. Satan flourishes in ignorance of men. So long as he can keep you ignorant, you'll be foolish. You will destroy yourself. You will hinder yourself from eternal security by the virtue of the ignorance the enemy will put a veil on your face and refuse you from seeing the truth and accepting the truth. And I pray that anybody that is here and his veil is still on his face, that that veil will be broken in the name of Jesus. That your eyes will see Jesus. Your eyes will see Jesus and you will receive the message of Jesus and your life will be transformed eternally in Jesus' name.
Verse 5. For we do not preach ourselves. Amen. So when we come here, that's why we don't give so much stories of ourselves. By the grace of God, we are who we are. Amen. And we don't take for granted who we are. If it's achievement, I can tell you the pastor that we've achieved many things. Hallelujah. We have professors amongst us. We have men that have excelled academically because it's a student environment. But when we come here, we, we put those things aside. We count them as what? As dunk. Hallelujah. So when Pastor Cousin come here, shaking and dancing and jumping, he put away the professorship in his house. And he comes here to carry the mic to jump and scream and shout. Because he has seen something more glorious than what is what and what is physical. Verse 18 of, of, of First Corinthians, Second Corinthians 4 talks about what things that are, 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 are spirit are eternal. Amen. The day you die, nobody will use your certificate. It's obsolete. Even your father that paid your school fees cannot inherit it. That's how useless it is. But we've seen something much more glorious. Something that can never be taken away. Something that, that ants, termites cannot destroy it. Hallelujah. Something precious, more precious than gold. Amen. Something that cannot be quantified. See, there's no price that can pay for it. It's God himself that gave himself for it. Hallelujah. So don't think that you are useless. Don't think that you don't have anything. To have Christ, to be saved, is beyond, is beyond comprehension. Hallelujah. The richest man on earth cannot secure his future by his wealth. Amen? He cannot secure his eternity by his wealth. He cannot. But you have something that can never be taken away from you. Hallelujah. How do you, don't you feel important? Don't you feel a sense of fulfillment in that? We do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as what? As Lord and ourselves as merely as your born servants for Jesus' sake. Amen? That is, a, that, is, that is the motivation for our simplicity. That is the desire that we want to become. We want to be mere servants for the sake of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So when we come here, we put away our, our, our worldly achievements. And then we serve as born servants for Jesus' sake. The message is not about the preacher, but it's about the Lord. It's about Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 6. It says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, is the one who has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory and the majesty of God clearly revealed in the face of Christ. Hallelujah. The glory of God has been what? Has been seen suddenly. Expounded and revealed in the person of Christ. So daily we seek to see Jesus. God says, let, let light shine out of darkness. Is the one who has shone in our heart to give us what the light of the knowledge of the glory and the majesty of God. So to know God or to have the knowledge of his glory, our eyes must be on Jesus. He is the express image of the Father. We must study Jesus if we must know the Father. Hallelujah. That is why we have to do Christology. We have to study Jesus because we want to know the Father. We want to get acquainted with the Father. 
We want his love to be grounded in our hearts. We want to be rooted in the knowledge of his will. We study Jesus Christ. Not five steps to prosperity. We can learn that one in our business schools. We'll do Jesus here. Hallelujah. It's enough for us here. Amen? We'll teach you finances too, but principles that will lead you to being people that are useful for God. The only way by which this light of God has shown in our heart is through the preaching of the gospel message. It's through what? The preaching of the gospel message. That is how this light is shown on the heart of men. That is how we receive this light of the glory of the knowledge of the Father. It's when the message, which message? Message about Jesus is preached. Then we receive the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Hallelujah. So when we read through this chapter 4, we see verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, the ministry is the ministry of the word. Verse 2, but we renounce hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word. You see, the word of God, the word of God, not handling the word of God. The word of God has to do with the word concerning what Christ will do or have done. Hallelujah. The word of God. We, do, we don't handle deceitful. Then verse 3 says, but even if our gospel, the gospel is what? It's about the word of God. It's about the message. It's about, it's, about, it's about that very message, the word of God. So what is this good news? What is this gospel? Amen? What is this gospel? What is this message? What is this gospel that we're talking about? What makes this message a good news? Hallelujah. What makes this gospel good news? Let me tell you, for, it, for the news to be good, it has to be good to all. Amen? If it's good in Africa, it should be good in Europe. Hallelujah. If the gospel has power in Nigeria, it should produce the same result in Rwanda. It's not atmospheric. Oh, you are doing this because it's Africa, you know. African people is because the religion, because they are poor. That's why the the gospel is as powerful in Nigeria as in Europe, as in America, and in every part of the world. The same result. Hallelujah. It will bring out the same result wherever it is. So the rich need the gospel. If that gospel you are preaching, the rich will not desire it, then it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible said all have sinned and all have fallen short. It didn't say poor people have sinned. It didn't say sick people have sinned. Hallelujah. The gospel must be good to all. The message must be good to all. It must be a good news for humanity. So if you are going to preach to evangelize, your evangelism should carry a message that you know every man will need. If your message is not universal, it's not Christ. Hallelujah. So what is the good news? The good news is about the forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with God in the gospel. It's the gospel, rather. The forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with God is the gospel. Luke chapter 24, verse 45 to 47. Quickly help me because of time. Luke, Luke 24, 45 to 47. Luke 24, 45 to 47. He then opened their minds to help them understand what? The scriptures. 
Genesis to Malachi. Hallelujah. The next verse. And said, and so it is written that the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed will what? Will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Verse 7. And that what? Repentance. Necessary for what? For forgiveness of sins will be preached in whose name? In his name. To, to some nations in Africa, beginning from Nigeria and ending in Nigeria. Hallelujah. For forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And of course, we know that the uttermost part of the world. So the message is about what is about the forgiveness of sin. That is the good news. That is the gospel. That is what we preach. It's about forgiveness of sins. That God is no longer counting trespasses against men. That is the message. That God is not interested in counting sins against men. So if you think that God just sit down in heaven and is just recording your sins, he, has, he doesn't have that time. He has given you Jesus so that he will not be counting that. Hallelujah. That is not the ministry of Jesus Christ. His ministry is not counting your wrongs. That's Moses', that's Moses ministry. Hallelujah. I just trust that God is opening our eyes to see something unique and blessed. About what we have that is much more golden than gold. Hallelujah. It's no longer counting the trespasses against men. The suffering and the death of Jesus Christ has cleared the accounts for sins forever. Not, momentary, not, not just for this season. But when you believe that message, when you accept this good news, it means that all the accounts of your sins have been deleted. You check your hard drive, you will not see it. It cannot be located. The blood of Jesus Christ has the potency to erase every error in your life. Even the one that you are planning to, to, to do. Hallelujah. That is the power and the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ. That was shed once and for all till eternity. It is not only about enjoying success or financial prosperity. It is not about good health. Of course, we know that the byproduct, when Jesus Christ performed miracles, not performing miracles as the essence, you can, you can have financial success and, and end in hell eternally without God. You can be healed and not be, and not be, be born again. So that is, not the, that is not the gospel. Hallelujah. So it is not only, on the land, the word only. It is not only about enjoying success, successes or financial prosperity, good health, good grades, good careers or healing, signs and wonders. These on their own are not the gospel message. Amen? These are not the gospel message. There's nothing, there's nothing good news about financial success. A rich man does not need that kind of a gospel because he's already rich. I am healthy. You can't come and preach, accept Jesus and you'll be healed. I'm not sick. Even if I'm sick, I have a system that takes care of me even before I fall sick. Hallelujah. So it is not only about this stuff. I mentioned the word only because I'm very careful here. 
Hallelujah. The good news is that forgiveness of sins is made available through what Jesus Christ has done. Men can be reconciled to God and be eternally united to him. That is what the gospel is about. So, King David prophesied about forgiveness of sins, the good news. Psalm 32, verse 1 to 2, quickly. Let's look at what David said. David is, is, is one of the most accurate prophets in the Old Testament. In fact, I, I, sometimes I see him as someone that walked closely. He enjoyed a new, what we are enjoying today much more closely than other believers in the Old Testament. It said, blessed, fortunate, prosperous, favored by God is he whose transgression is what? Is forgiven. Ah, but this is Old Testament now. Hmm? And he's talking about the forgiveness of transgression. And whose sin is what? Is covered. Hallelujah. Verse 2. Blessed is a man to whom the Lord does not impute wickedness. And in whose spirit there is not deceit. This is David. Even with the eye of the Old Testament, he's able to see Christ and see what Christ has achieved. Amen? Hallelujah. So the message is eternal. The same message that saved David is the same message that saved you. Same message that was presented to, to Abraham is the same message presented to us. Hallelujah. Prophet Jeremiah prophesied about the forgiveness of sins. Jeremiah 31, 31. Quickly. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold. That's down to verse 34. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Next verse. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. That was a covenant with Moses. That one is obsolete. So if you are still operating with that software, that's why you are finding it difficult in this generation. Because it has upgraded. There's upgrade. Hallelujah. Something far much greater than that. That is why you are struggling. Because there's a newer version of what you've been looking for. It says... Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke. They couldn't keep it. In fact, that covenant was not meant to be kept. Nobody kept, even Moses that gave the Ten Commandments, he didn't obey them. Hallelujah. Check the life of Moses. Moses violated virtually everything he, he told them. Because he has seen something greater. You know that it's not by keeping the law. He saw Jesus. Hallelujah. So why the law? The law is meant to reveal our helplessness. So we can look up unto a Savior. So when they in the all look at the promise of the Savior, they believe in the promise of the Savior and they are justified just like us. That we look back at the historic fact of what Jesus has achieved and we are justified. Hallelujah. Hope you are getting blessed. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by hand Bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is a covenant which I will make, in, make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law where? Within them. 
and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. Hallelujah. And each man will no longer teach his neighbor and his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they will all know me through personal experience. What he wanted for us is to have this personal experience with him. That is what God has initiated right from the beginning. That they that we will have this personal experience, this relationship with him. So you don't need a priest to show you God. Amen? You can have a relationship with God on your own. Of course, we can sit here and teach you. But what we're teaching you here is so that you can go and practice. You don't need me to always explain the scriptures to you. You have the Holy Ghost if you're a believer. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not a consultant. Of course, we can teach you. We are always available to help you know. Amen? That is our role and our duty. But the Holy Ghost lives in you. The same Holy Ghost that lives in me. The same knowledge I'm having, you can have it. Amen? In fact, we have free access to everything that is in the, in the, in the scriptures. So there's nothing special about the revelations of God's word. It's not peculiar to some people alone. From the least of them to what? To the greatest. Says the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness. And I will no longer remember their what? Their sin. And when God said this, he meant it. Hallelujah. He was not playing prank. He wasn't trying to play, you know, game of, let me try this. No. He meant every word he, he said. Because his word is his integrity. Hallelujah. He honored his word. Hmm? He says the word can never return void until it achieves that purpose which he has sent it for. Hallelujah. So when God was promising this true prophet Jeremiah, he meant what he said. So let's flip to Hebrews chapter 10 to see how Hebrews explained this part of the scriptures for us. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14. Quickly help me, help me, help me. The media. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14. I'll be fast down to verse 18. For by the one offering, by the one offering, which offering? Christ. Hallelujah. For by the one offering he has perfected for what? For some time? Forever and completely. Say I'm completely cleansed. That is my identity. Hallelujah. Perfected forever and completely cleans those who are being sanctified. Bringing each believer to spiritual completion and maturity. The next verse. And the Holy Spirit also adds his testimony to us in confirmation of this. For after, for after have he said that what? This is the covenant now. This is Jeremiah. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my law upon their hearts and on their minds. I will inscribe them, producing an, 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 what? an inward change. We then says, and their sins and their lawless acts, I will remember no more. No longer holding their sins against them. That is a believer. Glory to Jesus. That is what he has brought. That is the gospel. That is the good news. If this doesn't excite you, I don't know what will excite you. If you are waiting for me to say, receive it before you get excited, then you are so unfortunate. And I pray that God will open your eyes. That you will see beyond money. 
that you see beyond miracles, that you see beyond earthly possessions, and you see something more precious. Hallelujah. I don't know how to, I, I feel like busting out. Verse 18. Now, where there is absolute forgiveness, say my forgiveness is absolute. It's absolutely absolute. Forgiveness and complete cancellation of the penalty of these things. Which things? Sin. Right? There is no longer any word to be made to atone for sin. The issue of sin has been, has been dealt with. Hallelujah. So what do we do? We receive. We believe it. We receive it. So this good news is only received by what? By faith. John chapter 3 verse 16. Give me that scripture. We know it, but we must read it. Amplified. Give me John chapter 3 verse 16. How do we receive this forgiveness? How do we receive this forgiveness? For God so greatly loved and he daily prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever does what? Believes and do what? And trusts in him as what? Listen. If you are not trusting God as Savior, this does not concern you. If you are trusting God for something else that is not Savior, and what is he saving you from? Saving you from fundamentally from sin. If God cannot save you from sin, forget about him saving you from debt. Forget about him saving you from sickness. Because even if he saves you from sickness, it's of no eternal value. This body will perish, definitely. One day the body must die. Hallelujah. So, we must believe him as what? As Savior. Trust him as Savior. Saving us from what? From sin and his penalty. And his power. Sin has power. Sin has penalty. Hallelujah. The penalty of sin is what? Is eternal death. A Savior shall not perish, shall not die, shall not but have what? Life that is abundant. Life that is eternal. What does it mean, eternal life? Eternal life is not when we die. Then we live after death. It's part of it, but when you say it that way, you've not, you didn't explain it well. Eternal life is when? It's right now. Hallelujah. And if you're in Christ, you've entered eternal life. Hallelujah. So everything that pertains to eternity will begin to manifest in your life. Because you are already there. And where are we seated? We are seated with Christ. That is your position if you have this eternal life. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. You are in Christ. Amen. Is it all meaning the same thing? Hallelujah. So if anything must get to you, it must get to Christ first. Hallelujah. And then Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 9 quickly before we close. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9. See, for this is by grace, God's remarkable compassion, compassion rather, I was thinking it's compensation, compassion and favor, drawing you to who? To Christ, that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and even, and given eternal life. Through faith, and this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is undeserved. True, yes, it is the undeserved, the gracious gift of God. It's a gift that is full of grace. 
that you don't need to pay, but it has been paid for. Not that it was, it was, it was, it wasn't without a cost, but the cost has been paid for. Because no man can actually afford it, so it has been eternally subsidized, and the subsidy is for free. Hallelujah. Amen. The gospel is not buy one get two. You know that method. When you do this, then God will save you. He has saved you, so you do. Hallelujah. I trust that God is opening our eyes to see something. Amen. Verse 9. Not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law. Which law? Moses. That man, Moses. I don't know what, is in, what was in his mind. But it was wisdom, actually. The wisdom of God. Not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law. So that no one will... I know somebody is in the eyes saying, eh, I know one that I couldn't keep the Ten Commandments. Yes, you cannot keep it. You cannot keep it. Because it is not meant to be kept in that nature. It's through the Holy Ghost that you can keep it all. Hallelujah. So if the Holy Ghost is not in you, you cannot keep it. The law is fulfilled in the Spirit for those who have the Holy Ghost. Not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law, so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. <laughs> hey, like me or not, I'm saved. Whether your father is a good man of heaven, he can't stop me from entering. <laughs> I am there already. There's no any political manipulation that can stop me from entering it. Even if they change government two times, three times, I'm still safe. There's no bribe you can pay to remove me from heaven. Hallelujah. So if you're not happy about my salvation, go to God. That should be the mentality we carry. We move in this confidence and assurance of who we are, for what we have. Lastly, Galatians 3. Galatians 3, verse 6 to 8. Galatians 3, verse 6 to 8. Help me quickly, media. Galatians 3, verse 6 to 8. Galatians 3, verse 6 to 8. 6, verse 6. I just want to make a point here. Just as Abraham did what? He believed God. So it therefore means that the people in the Old Testament, they still will believe God. Right? They did, it's not because they kept the law. That was why they were saved. They did what? They, they believed God. And it was credited to him as what? As righteousness. As conformity to God's will and purpose. So it is with you also. I don't know where you get it. As Abraham believed and it was credited to him, so it is to us also. So the same method, salvation has not changed. The method for receiving salvation has not changed. It's believing. Hallelujah. Verse 7. So understand that it is the people who live by faith, with confidence in the power and the goodness of God, who are the true sons of Abraham. If you are shouting, Abraham's blessings are mine. 
It's not money. It's not riches. It's Jesus. That is Abraham's blessing. Hallelujah. Verse 8, the last verse. The scripture foreseeing that God will justify the Gentiles by faith. Halabasuza. He saw that what? That God will justify you and I that are not Jewish. By what? By faith. What did he do? He proclaimed what? The good news. So the good news actually was preached in the Old Testament. Do you know you can preach? You can, someone can give his life to Christ by reading the Old Testament. You don't need to go to John 3, 16. Do you know that in Genesis when I can preach the gospel and someone will give his life to Christ? Because that is Christ. Christ is there. Hallelujah. So the scripture foreseen that God will what? Will make will justify the Gentiles by faith. By what? By faith. Faith alone. Proclaim the good news of the Savior. To who? To Abraham. In advance with this promise saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. Hallelujah. That blessing is not Isaac. It can never be Isaac. That blessing is Jesus. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Let us pray. Have you received this free gift of forgiveness and reconciliation with God or still awaiting the dreadful judgment of God's wrath against sins and Satan? If you have not, you can believe. Say, Lord, I receive this free gift. And I thank you for some of us that have received. Let us appreciate God for this gift, for this knowledge, for this understanding, for this truth. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, that it's you that have done it.